um, welcome you to this service on behalf of my wife and me. Merry Christmas to each of you. We love this season as many of you do, I, I am sure. Before we look at God's word, a little piece of business. Bron just handed this to me and somebody has lost this and probably is searching for it. And I just realized it's going to be a great sermon illustration here in just a minute. But um, if this is yours and you would like to have it back, whose is it? Come and get it. <laughs> it's yours. And the title of my sermon is, What Are You Looking For? <laughs> Your bracelet, and you have found it. The lost is found and all of those things. So... Beautiful. Thank you. Like many of you, my wife and I love Christmas traditions. And one of the Christmas traditions in Southern California, where we come from, is a a tradition that comes from the countries just south of us, in Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, the, the Latin countries down in that area. And it is a tradition, a procession, that is called a posada. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's something that we used to see quite frequently living in in Los Angeles. There are a few forms of it, but basically it reenacts the story of Mary and Joseph searching for a place for for the birth of Jesus. In some places, this will go on over several days. Other places, it's simply one evening. And they travel, Mary and Joseph travel from house to house, and and they ask this question every time they arrive at a home, is there any room in the inn? And of course, as we know, there isn't any room. But as the procession continues, people join in this procession, going from one house to the next, and, and they share food together, they share, they, they, they sing together, and they often will stop and pray together, and then they move to the next house and the next house, and it winds up at church in a beautiful Christmas celebration. It's a beautiful reenactment of this story which heightens the anticipation of the coming of Jesus. And there are two things about the Posada that I really love. The first is that sense of searching and seeking and looking for not just a place for Mary and Joseph to have a baby, but ultimately it represents this searching for Jesus himself and welcoming him into our community, into our world, into into our life. But the other thing that I love about the Posada is this invitation for others to join in the procession, to come along, and, and it begins with Mary and Joseph alone, but as they go along, all along the way, they pick up more and more people who join in this procession, and, and they are invited to come and to celebrate the the coming of Jesus into the world. That, That sense of invitation, I don't want to seek him alone. I want to seek him with you. I want I want us to seek him together. 
And I suppose for me, this, this picture of the Posada captures the most basic of all human experiences, the, the feelings of hope and the longing, the looking for someone, looking for something. But it makes me sometimes ask the question, what are we looking for? What are we longing for? What are we hoping for? Phillips Brooks, I think, captures so much of that thought in, in one line from his, his carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in you, this little baby tonight. One of the people in the Christmas story that I love the most is a man named Simeon, who really embodies this hope and, and really gives us a picture of what it means to look for Messiah. We find his story in Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 22. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they, that is Mary and Joseph, brought him, that is the baby Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for, looking for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms, and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. Here is a man who is looking. Here is a man who is searching for the coming of Jesus. And we see that it absolutely, utterly, and completely transforms his life. The story seems to be about Simeon, but the more I look at this story, it really isn't a story of Simeon. It's a story about God and how his powerful, transforming love breaks into Simeon's world and, and change, changes him as a person. And that same powerful, transforming love breaks into your world and to my world, and if we will allow him, and he changes us the same way he changes Simeon. What is Simeon looking for? 
a couple things emerge from this. I think, first of all, he is looking for that God who has spoken to him, the God who speaks. All through the Christmas story, we hear God's voice again and again and again. God has spoken to Simeon and says, in your lifetime, you will see this baby Jesus. The one here he calls the Christ, verse 26. He calls him a light of revelation in in verse 32. And his whole life is given to this, this search, longing for and looking for and waiting for this, this coming of the baby Jesus. This is the story of Christmas, God speaking words of truth, God speaking words of hope, and not just to Simeon, but to Mary and Joseph, and to Zechariah and Elizabeth, and, and to the shepherds and to the wise men from from another country. And we see in all of these, these situations, to all of these people, he speaks to them in ways that they can hear and receive and understand his word. He gets their attention through angels, through dreams, even through the stars. I don't fully understand that, but God speaks to the wise men through the stars, and they come looking for Jesus. But you know, this really isn't just the story of Christmas. This is the, this is the story of God throughout the Bible. The, the very beginning of the creation story, the very first word about God is, He speaks. Genesis chapter 1 And he says, let there be light. He speaks and creation comes into being. After that, he speaks to people in various ways and various forms. And and he speaks and people hear and they receive the words that he speaks. And in fact, he speaks so often and so much in Scripture that in those seasons when he is silent, that seems strange and unusual and odd, and it it heightens the, the moment of anticipation when God will speak again. And so when Jesus comes, John calls him the Word. God speaks in many ways and in many languages and many voices, but he never speaks more intimately or more eloquently than when he speaks through Jesus. God is intimate, and God has a voice. And God speaks today as he always has. And I don't think the question is, as so many people ask, does God still speak? I think the question is this, are we listening? Are we paying attention to that voice? Are we paying attention to this God who speaks? Simeon listened to that voice of God, and he spent his life looking for and waiting for the coming of this baby Jesus. But not only was Simeon looking for the God who speaks, he was looking for the God who saves. He calls him here 
verse 25, the consolation of Israel. And when he sees this baby Jesus, he says, verse 30, my eyes have seen your salvation. I love that word, consolation. Can you think of anything that this world needs more these days than a dose of consolation? Read the news, and it feels like one desolation after another, doesn't it? And, but that word consolation, the setting to right all the things that are wrong, the consoling of people who live in this place of, of desolation, in Ephesians, Paul tells us that Jesus himself is our peace. He has restored the fellowship, the relationship between us and God, and he has restored fellowship between brother and sister, between one person and another. He has torn down, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, he has torn down the walls of hostility, dividing one person from another. But look at the effect that this has on Simeon, the longing for and the looking for this Jesus transforms him into a man who is described here as righteous and devout. That word devout refers to his relationship with God, a, a deep love and an intimate love for God and a, a respect and even that godly fear of him but he's also righteous, which describes his relationship with other people. This is the consolation that Jesus offers, peace with God and peace with others through Jesus. Remember those words of Augustine who says that our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. And that is possible because of Jesus. It makes me wonder every time I read this story, how many, how many days, how many years had Simeon stood here in the temple looking for, waiting for Jesus to appear? What we see in him is a man who is purified by that longing. Just as John tells us in 1 John 3 that everyone who has this hope of the appearing of Jesus purifies himself even as he is pure. Years ago when Sue and I lived in China, our work was focused on a particular people group that lived in the extreme southern part of the, the country they were arranged down there in China, Burma, Laos, and, and northern Thailand. And they lived in this, in this area, and they were predominantly Buddhist in their culture and in their religion. And Buddhism was a very strong part of, of, of this people group. And one of our team members befriended a monk, one of the monks in the, in the temple in the village where they lived. And and he shared with him a copy of the New Testament, simply gave him this New Testament. And of course, the monk, being respectful and all of that, he said he would agree to read it, and he did. And he took that and he began to read the Gospels. 
where he was instantly, of course, introduced to Jesus. And as he read the accounts of Jesus' teaching and the miracles, and, and he observed Jesus and his works, and it was interesting, the monk said to our teammate, this is the man that I have been looking for all my life. And now I know his name. His name is Jesus. And he instantly came to faith. And he actually worked with us in our Bible translation project. And it changed his life forever. It's a good question for all of us to consider. What are we looking for this Christmas? Paul tells us that there is a special reward awaiting all those who have loved his appearing, who look for the coming of Jesus. Yesterday, Stephanie asked us to reflect on our favorite Christmas carol. It wasn't hard for me to come up with that instantly, my favorite Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem, mostly because of the third verse. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in. We've thought this Advent season about hope, peace, joy, love. All of those are perfectly found and given to us through Jesus. Seek him. Look for him, the God who speaks and the God who transforms, who speaks through, to us eloquently and intimately through Jesus. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, how grateful we are that you have a voice, that you have not left us here as orphans on our own. You come to us, and you abide with us, and you live with us. Jesus, help us to seek you more than any other thing, to long for you, to look for you, and help us to help others to see you in our midst, to invite others into this procession of looking for Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Word of God in flesh. We honor you and we celebrate you this day. Bless us with your presence and with your peace and your joy and your hope 
and your love. Amen.